Let's go to the Heaster Automotive Group hotline and welcome on our friend Ryan McGee, who's got a new book. Welcome to the Circus of Baseball, a story of the perfect summer at the perfect ballpark at the perfect time. Uh, it is out this week. Ryan, what's going on, man? I'm good. You all right? I yeah. saw you were diving into another, like, decades-old can or something. A 30-year-old championship, <laughs> North Carolina championship. Still one of the greatest things I've ever heard on the Internet which was, was when you were drinking, I think, the, maybe the NC State 83 stuff. <laughs> And you go, you go. It tastes like whatever, and then, uh, and then Joe goes, "No, that tastes like metal poisoning." Like, <laughs> like it was, it, I, I laugh, man, I laugh. But yeah, but, but you're all right. You're good. We're good. No, I'm good. I'm good. We we cut it with a little Maker's Forty Six, which no, I did see that. Yeah, delicious. Which Jillio yeah. had never had Maker's Forty Six before, so he he enjoyed that. Magilio's learning all sorts of things. I am. Uh, come to find out on Friday, while we were at the Durham Bulls Athletic Park for opening night. He did not realize Crash Davis was a real person. Yeah, he was. Now, he wasn't – I don't know that the actual Crash Davis – the actual Crash Davis definitely did not hit as many home runs as the fake Crash Davis. Right. I'm pretty sure he didn't sleep with as many women as the real Crash Davis. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Did, well, did, you, did you talk to anybody in Asheville that might have? Well, Moonlight Graham was a real person, too. Yes, but he I, was. I don't think that he, one I knew. Yeah, yeah I don't think but, – but, no, so but, – but, so it's funny because promoting the book, which is about the summer I worked for the Asheville Tourists, everybody around – like I did, a, I did a radio interview like in Albuquerque a minute ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, hey, you know, where is this place? Like, all right, have you seen Bull Durham? Because where Crash Davis hits his last home run, uh, the fact that that tourist jersey that Kevin Costner wore still hangs in the lobby of the of the uh, Asheville Tourist front office. Maybe. So, yeah, there you go. And, in fact, they shot it – they shot it – First, they shot the end of the movie in Asheville first, and then went to Durham in '85 or '86, whenever it was to shoot Bull Durham. And Ron Shelton, who wrote and directed Bull Durham, he took Greatest Show on Dirt from the tourists because they had it on banners. My old boss, Ron McKee, had it on banners everywhere, but never copyrighted it. And so Ron Shelton took it, and then the NCAA took it from Ron Shelton because he didn't copyright it. And now that's the official slogan of the uh, of the College World Series. So. There you go. That's way too much information, but I gave it to you. <laughs> Ryan McGee, ESPN, <laughs> joining us here on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline. That's Jovius. I'm Joe Giglio. The name of the book is Welcome to the Circus of Baseball, and it's about Ryan's summer. It, it was You were an intern with the Asheville Taurus in 94, Ryan? Yeah. My, it was my first job, $100 a week. I mean, you guys will appreciate this. I went to the winter meetings with my, with my cassette tapes because I, I wanted to be a play-by-play guy. Um, and, of course – when you have an accent like I do, particularly in the '90s, that was not not working out for you. Happen, yeah. I remember Matt Vasquezin, who of course is everywhere now, in Major League Baseball. At the time, he was the voice of like the Vasalia Oaks or something, and he did this little seminar at this job fair. And I walked up and I'm talking to him, and I could tell as I was talking, he's looking at me like, "Yeah, dude, you're not. What's going to hire you as play play guy?" So yeah, I took a hundred dollar a week internship, which was a paid gig. And there weren't that many of them in Asheville. And I've always loved McCormick Field. always loved Asheville. We all do. Um, but, you know, and the job was everything. But, the, mm. but there was a promise. Like, I think, hey, we don't have a radio network. Well, we might start one. Um, so you should come work for us. And, of course, they never started one, and I left. But, the, um, but I'm going to get to do an inning. I'm going, I'm going to Asheville on Thursday. And now they have a radio network, and they're going to let me sit in for an inning, and I look forward to being awful at that. That's awesome. First of all, your accent is fine for play-by-play. You and West Durham – 
are voice yeah. twins. Yeah, same well, guy. Now. So, right. yeah, totally. you could make yeah. that work. But second yeah. of all, I have a process question for you about this book. And and welcome to the Circus of Baseball is the name of the book. It's available. You should get it. All of your places that you can get your books. Thank you. Um, process question for you. 1994. Now, this is going to separate why Ryan is successful as a writer and I'm on radio now. Here we go. You ready for this? <laughs> did you keep notes in 94? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I did. And, 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 but, but, and that was very unusual for me. Now, what is not unusual for me is I throw nothing away. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm literally – I'm standing in my office – in my basement in Charlotte and my wife will not even go in there because it is basically like a morning star storage unit. And it's just boxes and papers and knickknacks and whatever else just literally piled up all over the place. And, but I still had a box full of everything from that summer. I mean, it was, and it was kind of a time capsule too, because I left, I left from there and went to work for ESPN in Connecticut. And so I hauled all my stuff from Asheville and put it in my parents' garage and then left for years. And so it all kind of sat in a box. But, yeah, like all the programs and pay stubs and like the, like the photo section in the book, there's stuff that is scanned that it's just like stuff that I just had. And, yeah, but I took notes. But about halfway through the summer, I started to realize this isn't normal. Like, like James the Mountain Man was a guy in overalls that crawled around behind the fence collecting foul balls and home run balls and then we would buy them back from him for a quarter or 50 cents because baseball is really expensive yeah and james part of his deal was any animals he found back there he could keep them and kill them and he'd go eat them like raccoons skunks whatever one day he came out and he had a snake he held up his bag and said man i found a lot of balls i go damn james there's a snake on you and it wasn't wrapped around his arm it was like literally clamped into his flesh like the fangs and he just popped it off and broke its neck and threw it in the bag and went home and ate it that night. Like, you can't make that up. So about halfway through the summer when I realized Grady Gardner, the groundskeeper, and Big Mike, who ate all the concessions every night, and, you know, Sam Zurich, the broadcasting legend who, who got Bart Simpson one night, and, and I don't know if I can say the kid, but, but <laughs> said we got a lost kid in the ballpark. I have a chapter in the book then after um, but, 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 you know, just the, the point is we had this cast of characters and I started taking notes through the summer because I was like, I feel like people would want to know about this. And the reality is, if you go down to the Mudcats, they have a, a, a different cast of characters, but similar. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Durham and Asheville and Fayetteville and Burlington and wherever. And that's that's you know that's what I wrote down. Ryan McGee, Marty McGee on ESPN Radio, which you can listen to on 99.9 The Fan on Saturday mornings. Uh, he's got a new book out about his time with the Asheville Tourist. All right. Uh, before we move on to some some other topics before you get out of here though what is as you mentioned it with with these characters is that the romanticism of minor league baseball yeah and, and that's what the book is i mean it's obviously it's specific to my summer this is the summer michael jordan was playing you know minor league ball yep um you know it, it was and this was the summer where we all knew the baseball strike was coming in mlb and so it was a really it was just kind of this inflection of the summer for the sport, this this intersection for for baseball, in particular minor. But minor league baseball, you guys know, because of where. Listen, I grew up in Raleigh. Y'all know this. Mm-hmm. Going to the old DAP, um, you know, when the Mudcats moved to town, you know, we would get in the car and drive to Burlington, and we drive to Martinsville, and we drive to Asheville, and we drive to Fayetteville, and we drive to these places. Shelby had a team, and so we would go and. That's what this book is about, and it still feels that way, even though Major League Baseball is trying their best to ruin minor league baseball right now. 
if I go to a game to see the Montgomery Biscuits or the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes or the Lansing Lugnuts, it's still field. You don't have to worry about betting lines or controversy or politics or whatever. You sit there and watch the game, and there aren't a lot of those places left. Ryan McGee, ESPN, joining us here on the OG. If you missed any of this conversation, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. You have you have an entire chapter devoted to Russell Wilson, right? Like in the future, you go into the yeah. like the postscript, yeah. the postscript, yeah. the season I would on the stand brink. Stand on the field in 1994 and think, hey, one day, one, one day, day, you know, one day, this is where the phone the guy call will come. Run off the state and go into Rose Bowl, and he's going to play. He's going to play out here. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I thought about that, but it's funny. So I went to college with Todd Helton at Tennessee. Yeah, and Todd played for the tourists the next year, like mm-hmm. the year after I was there, and um, and he 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 was only there for like a month. Because you know he's hitting 600 or something, and they he was in Colorado by the end of the year. But 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 I mean Willie Starzl played for the tourists. Craig Bejo played for the tourists. But even like the barnstorming teams, Jackie Robinson, Babe, you know, Babe Ruth, they thought died in Asheville because he was in town to play the tourists. Right. Lou Lou Gehrig, Ty Cobb, they all played there, and you know, and we would we would maybe have a few too many beers that were left over from the night, and we would play on that field too. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we'll close on this because uh, it happened last night in the in the NCAA Women's Championship uh, where apparently there was disrespect of the SEC. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, this ties in with Georgia winning the national championship and guys actively going on camera saying, yeah, there were people who counted us out. Nobody was counting out Georgia. Uh, yeah. So in your time immersed in the SEC, and we're not that far away from spring ball and the spring yeah, games. Ex- explain it to us. Where, where is this SEC disrespect forming? Well, it's it's big... all they have. That's all they've got. I mean, it's it, 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 it's it's like Michael Jordan. You know, the the my my personal favorite. We mentioned Michael Jordan a second. My my personal favorite part of the Michael Jordan documentary, mm. the Thirty for Thirty, was him explaining how he stayed motivated. And, you know, some sixth man for Seattle yep. would say those shoes are ugly. And, that, and and Michael would turn that into 48 points. And so, you know, Nick Saban kind of invented this. And Kirby Smart has kind of run with this. And it's just it's this idea of, you know, they Kirby Smart lays awake at night. And I know this because he's told me, thinking, how am I going to motivate these guys? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what it is. But but I, But I will say this, though. What a bunch of crap calling these women out. Whether it's whether it's Iowa, whether it's LSU or whomever, calling them out for pointing at the ring finger. Joe yeah. Burrow did that. Nobody yeah. had a problem with it. No. You know, um, Steph Curry did it, and everybody thought it was awesome. And so, there's definitely a double standard, and and there's also a double standard to stuff that that that, that the Iowa players are doing on Friday. Mm-hmm. LSU does the same thing on Sunday, and suddenly there's a, there's a problem. They're classless. Yeah, pe- people. So well, people started to walk. like. People started to like Caitlin Clark. They liked the right. attitudes, the whole Mamba. Then, oh, look at. And then she got shown up, and then people had a problem with it. I mean, yeah. there's 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 a lot of easier dots to connect on this one too. But I do think it's as simple as that. Uh, yeah. The person who was created to be the hero of the tournament got defeated, and we made a villain out of uh, yeah. out of Reese. And, and 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 you could have said the same thing about Aaliyah Boston going into Friday night. Yep. You know the South Carolina players. Everyone expected them to win. All of a sudden, you know, so someone in Iowa is, is saying, "I'm not even going to bother guarding you and doing the thing with the covering the face." Mm-hmm. And then when LSU doesn't say, "I just," but but the reality is is that if somebody from UConn on the UConn men's team or San Diego State or FAU or whoever had done that on Saturday, it would have been fiery and awesome. And so that that part of it, that was, I wish there are a million reasons why I wish Pat Summit was still alive. <laughs> yeah. um, and, but but I would have, 
I would have paid money to have heard what Pat Summit would have said on a television set or, God forbid, Twitter in reaction to the way people were, were calling those girls out on, on, on Sunday night. Because Pat Summit uh, was like Larry Bird when she yeah. played. She talked plenty of trash, and everybody thought it was awesome. So, yeah, I, I don't know if people realize this or not, but uh, women are just as competitive. And I don't understand yeah. why people have a hard time processing Hard to that. believe, right? Hard to believe and, that and women are just as competitive. Yeah. Weird. I'll say, I'll say this about finding the slight thing, though. But, but you know, Coach K did the same thing, you know? And, and, and the, the, you know, it's, it, but, but it is, it is, it's not a, it's not a, an exclusive SEC thing. No, Coach are, K didn't are, say, oh, really, you really talk trash to Carolina and now I'm avenging for my no. quote unquote ACC right. girls. Get out of here. She said yeah. SEC girls. Like, it's okay <laughs> to be offended. It's okay to want to put yeah. the little white girl in her place. I get that point of it. Okay. But don't say, oh, it's because you disrespect The SEC disrespect. Uh, uh, you uh, should be uh, thanking Caitlin Clark because you couldn't beat South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> you needed her to get them out of the paint for you. No, you're exactly right. But, <laughs> but, it's, but, but whatever you need to motivate you, Damn you go right ahead. There you, you go. But, uh, but, it's, right. um, but yeah, anyway. Right. But, hey, it, it, maybe your motivation is drinking, uh, you know, 35-year-old lead-filled uh, yeah. soda. It is. It's, it's to see. You know what's next, right? And I, I got to find it. Maybe you have a lead on this. I actually have to find a beer, a canned beer from the 80s to see if it still holds. Oh, tell him about Cooper's uh, Dale Earnhardt. He yeah, loves that. Yeah, he's got a Dale Earnhardt like Mountain Dew or no, something no, like no. that. No, no, no. Sun Drop. Or it's a Sun Drop. Sun Drop. Yeah, Cooper, sun drop. I got one of those. Yeah, yeah. man. I got those, one of those. Those are collected. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking in my office right now. Perfect. Again, going back to the Packard thing, I have a line Perfect. of Richard Petty Pepsis Love from it. 19... Ooh. 1992. I love it. Oh, that's too right. young. All right, Ryan. Hey, man, congratulations on the yeah. book. Uh, everybody go and check it out. Uh, the romanticism of minor league baseball is most definitely a thing. All right, man, we'll talk to you later. I appreciate it, guys. A quick, uh, quick little news tidbit, because I had heard about this when I was at Weight Competition Center this weekend, but it looks like all this is kind of true here. Five Hole Sports. Uh, been around here since 18 years now, I think it is. Uh, they closed their doors. So this is an official release from Five Hole Sports. Uh, they will be closing their doors at their flagship location on Buck Jones Road. Our locations at the factory in Wake Forest and at the Wake Competition Center will also be closing for almost 18 years. It's been our privilege to help grow the game of hockey in the Triangle area and throughout North Carolina. To each and every person that made Five Hole Sports a part of your hockey journey, our customers, our teammates, coaches, especially those who called friends, thank you. With appreciation and gratitude, Andrew uh, Barron, who's the president of Five Hole Sports. My understanding is that Pure Hockey, which is the online outlet for most of your hockey stuff, is going to be taking over those locations. At least that's what it was explained to me uh, when I was over at Wake Competition Center this past weekend. I don't know what that means for, you know, getting your skates sharpened. I'm assuming it's the same thing for people because I don't know where else you do it. I don't. You got a sharpener at home, Joe? I, I do know. No, I don't think no. so. I don't think you can take a knife sharpener and, and do the same thing. I try. Yeah, baby. A little stone action. <laughs> One of those things you use with a knife. <laughs> the handle thing. Hey, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe that's the next video bit. Uh, we'll take uh, Dennis's skates. Well, we we'll, can't do that to Dennis's and, skates. And we'll use one of those as-seen-on-TV knife sharpeners. Ginzu, actually. Just to see if we can get some right edges no, on there. No, we can't do that with Dennis's nah, skates. Nah, that'll ruin his skates. We don't want to do that. We no. don't want to do that. We could go to like play it against sports, get a pair of cheap ones. We could do that, and then do something. No, like we could that. easily do that. Dennis, what would happen if uh, we took like one of those as seen on TV uh, knife sharpeners to your skates? 
Oh, destroy them. Just straight up destroy them? Yeah. Want to try it? No. No. If what you if, buy me new skates, so what if yeah, we, let's do right, it. So what if we get if you, you some, buy me new skates? All right, tell yeah, you what, let's do it. What if we get, like Joe suggested, what if we go to play it against sports okay. and get you some cheap skates Okay. and you go and skate on them just to, as a before, Okay. and then we take the Ginzu whatever skate uh, uh, knife sharpener and then we send you back on the ice, what would happen? I'd probably get hurt. Is there a waiver? Is there a waiver I got to nope. sign? <laughs> nope. Let's do it. If I can find a pair of skates that fit me. You couldn't sue China? Yes, gosh. When I skated on the outdoor rink at the stadium series, there's anything affiliated with NHL. Like You can't can't sue like NHL China LLC. Huh. Like Uh, none of that stuff. Fair enough. So last night we had the NCAA Women's Championship. And shout out to LSU. And it was was a fun – it was an entertaining NCAA Women's Tournament, period. A big reason why that tournament was great in ratings and the conversation we're seeing today is because there's characters. This is actually a point that you've been making for the last couple years as it relates to ACC basketball. If we lament the current state of the men's game, one and done, transfers, who's going to be on the roster, roster shakeout every single season, right? Well, you don't have that as much. There there are still transfers and things like that in women's uh, and the women's side of college basketball. But there's actual continuity. The old school ACC that you miss actually exists on the women's side of things. And there's some heat in the rivalries that you've seen between NC State and Carolina. There's heat, okay? And there was absolute heat throughout the women's tournament. And the big reason why, and this goes, this is not just this year, but it goes back to last year too, right? There are some players who will absolutely captivate you. What was it? Paige Becker's last year put on a show take take the whole like nc state having to play up in bridgeport right. take take that out of the equation she put on a show all right she could shoot and and caitlin clark has been that player throughout the ncaa tournament and she became a star i mean like a true star in this if tournament. fox doesn't have iowa playing uconn on christmas next year yeah i'll be i'll be floored it'll be totally it'll i'll be, be stunned it'll be great. And the big reason why Caitlin Clark became a household name and crossed over was because of the style that she played. You want to do the the like for like, right? Larry Bird. I mean, I, I really don't know how else to put it. Yeah. I mean, she's not that big. She's more of a Curry in the way that she shoots the ball. But, but also... A, but of the trash talk. Yeah, but of, of the course. trash talk. Yeah. Okay, you want to bring up Curry. That's an excellent point because Curry will also trash talk yeah. too, but does it in a very lovable way that nobody really thinks of him as this epic trash talker, right? But... There's this particular edge to players that we see on the men's side, and we laud, all right? We laud Michael Jordan and his, that's when I took it personal. We lauded Kobe Bryant, and still do to this day, because of the Mamba mentality. So Caitlin Clark does this, and she becomes a star. But every star eventually has somebody that will get over on you and then clap back. I say clap back because that is how Caitlin Clark was described by ESPN going into the championship game. They did a feature on her called, and I'm not kidding, Queen of the Clapback. And they showed all the highlights of her getting in her teammates' faces, being demonstrative, talking trash, saying to other players, like, why are you talking? You're down 15 points. Like those types of things. That you can't see me, the John Cena, you can't see me, all those types of things. So when you've become the star... 
Well, somebody's going to get over on you and literally rub it in your face. And that's what Angel Reese did as LSU won the championship yesterday. And for all of 10 seconds, essentially, she was making it known, I got you. You could talk all the trash yeah. you wanted, but I got you. I'm going to do the you can't see me. I'm going to do that on you. I'm going to flip it back. She the, won the game. She won the game. The winners, the, you know, you get to walk the walk. You talk the talk, you get to walk the walk. So on the men's side of things, if this happens, we end up, like, going all in on it, right? We've seen this with Dylan Brooks and Andre and, uh, and Draymond Green, right? Where ultimately there's no winners in that beef, but people make fun of it. People engage with it. Or you see Russell Westbrook talking trash to to uh to dylan brooks where he's like talking about you know you're trash you're trash we again make a myth out of kobe bryant and all the way like shake how many times have you seen the gif of kobe bryant going soft soft like all that kind of stuff right but now when it's women suddenly everybody's getting very defensive as to what happened i saw that and i thought hell yeah man those are high level competitors in the moment in a championship setting Showing you emotion, showing you what it means. Spicy. I like it. And I was a little taken aback by the reaction to this. And it's almost like it's a classic case of women have to be put in a particular box. And if they don't fit the description or they don't go about things the way that you feel women should, then suddenly we have a problem. And I say this as somebody like I'm I'm flabbergasted, like you don't know better. Women are competitive. Women want to win. And when we see it on display, you should applaud this type of things. Those are the things you should point to going, hell freaking yes, that's impressive. Instead, it's become this very weird discourse on class and everything else. And it's tiresome, man. Also, the thing about the women's game is forever, right? It was Tennessee was this power and everyone was chasing Tennessee. And then then it became UConn and UConn was a power. And it was like, oh, man, it's boring because one team dominates. Yes. Well, South Carolina has been really good. And this year they were undefeated. And when Iowa beat them, you're thinking now you're thinking, oh, well, Iowa's going to win the championship. It's actually the the most positive sign for women's basketball is that a UConn wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. You know, Buchers with the injury this year, she she wasn't able to play this year, and then b the team that actually knocked off you know the giant is the one that ended up not winning. It was a third team, so more depth, more interest, more drama, and yeah, it's silly to sit here and hand ring over Angel Reese and act like she was classless because she talked trash during a basketball game. Yes, yeah. a basketball. It's a basketball game, and somebody talked trash. I went trash. to a bunch of Garner High School games this year, and the cheerleaders talk trash. Right, You're like everybody, it's basketball. So what am ba- I missing? Talking trash is part of basketball. So that's the thing. Just because it's on this national stage, or the, it's the only time maybe you're paying attention to the women's game, it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Like, it's well, so, so about that. It's so so weird. when it comes to in in the last couple of weeks, in the last couple of weeks, this is what we've seen unfold on the internet, or the discourse that has unfolded around the women's game. There was some dope who chased the clout, and he took a screen grab of ESPN's homepage one day, and it was all, like, college women's basketball stuff. And he was like, this is what ESPN has become? Nobody cares about this stuff. And again, he got completely dunked on. Sometimes I wonder if that's what people are into. Who's to say he doesn't have a significant other who reads the mean tweets to him on a, on a late Friday night? Like, you know, read, read the one that told me I was a human piece of garbage. Yeah, 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 that, that's, that's it. Read that for me. So... Do you, right? So, a couple weeks ago, this is a thing where nobody cares about the women's game. And yet, ratings have been good. 
you have a star that's been born in Caitlin Clark, this NCAA tournament run. And then people are so fired up about this that they now want to talk about it all day and they have opinions on it. And you have idiots like, what's his face, old tippy toes from Barstool and Keith Olbermann tweeting, was it uh, what Portnoy was like, piece of crap. He didn't say that. He said something else I can't repeat. Yeah, he he took the highlight. About LSU? About, yeah, Angel Reese doing her thing. Oh, is that what this is about? Oh, yeah. And he just goes, what a piece of crap, right? And then you got Keith Olbermann that just, what a blanking idiot. <sighs> and it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. If that's a Do guy. Do I need to enforce the Aaron Rodgers rules on you right now? Well, again, these are just two examples. These are just two examples. Okay. There's multiple examples. Those well, are just the highest profile. I'm ones. sitting here trying to figure out where this is coming from. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. This is coming from people who claim old middle-aged white guys who right. are mad at the black LSU player. It's not just it's not just that though. It's not just that. It's not just black. You sure? It's not just white. It's women. You sure? It's women. Oh, oh there's another layer there. I there's got another it. layer. I got there. the I got the, I, my bad. <laughs> it's another layer there. There's You're another right. layer there. It's women. You're right. You're right. When women act it's like that, and they show the fieriness, they show the competitiveness, <sighs> that they're just as competitive or Dennis, is there, is there a, you know how I have it a is day of the week clock? Yeah. Is there a year yep. clock? Can we get a year clock for yeah, me? it's 2023, last time I checked. Really? I know. This is what we're doing? Mm. We're mad at women talking trash? Joe. And celebrating? Joe. And competing? Joe. How many, In, times, how many times do I have to give you examples? This is what we're mad at? How many times do I have to give you examples that dudes are intimidated by women? How many times do I have to? How many times do I have to show you that? You're right. And here's yet another example. Right. I, but I didn't know where it was coming now. That's where it's coming from. Okay. Old. I gotta know. I was gonna say we can't say old because we're in that age range now. Well, we are old. Or I'm old. Oh, you're almost there. Yeah, but why? Okay, let me ask you this question. How do we avoid? How well, did we? Well, how did we avoid that? Well, one of the examples you gave was Kobe Bryant, who yeah. before his death had evolved into the the girl dad and mm-hmm. taken an interest. Yeah, an elevated interest in in women's basketball because of his own family. I don't know that I didn't realize that that's where this was coming from. That's kind of makes me want to enforce the Aaron Rodgers rules. Yeah, the I don't care what I don't care what the guy from Barstool. Well, says. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on, he's not alone. Is what I'm getting. No, at. I, and you're right. That, that is more of the attitude. I, I will say. I mean, heck, I uh, I had tweeted last night the clips of what was going on, and I just said, like, look, man, this is they've the, the NCAA women's tournament has been pumping out elite content, the, the and chess, a lot of a yeah, lot of reaction the, was negative. The chess match between Iowa and South Carolina was fascinating. I, I don't. I'm I'm kind of on the fence with with Kim Mulkey, the coach at LSU who had tremendous success at Baylor, and then yeah. you know left Baylor for LSU to make some money. Cool, I get all that. I knew she would be ready for the way that Iowa wanted to play mm. based on the way that Iowa just basically dared South Carolina to beat them from the outside. But it was a fascinating – the the Iowa-South Carolina game was fascinating. But I also knew that LSU and Mulkey would be prepared to beat Iowa the way that Iowa was, was daring South Carolina to shoot the basketball. And I think I saw that LSU shot 67% mm. from three. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> C.J. Stroud. This is from Ryan Wilson's projection. C.J. Stroud had a great pro day and further solidified his case as one of the top two QBs in this draft class. We've heard that the Panthers are high on Stroud, and for now, we have him going number one because it's easy to envision him transitioning from Ohio State to a Carolina staff that includes Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell. Makes a lot of sense. Here's our friend Bridget Condon on NFL Network. Uh, There's been some discussion, you know, reading the tea leaves and everything else, 
people are consuming draft content every day. We'll see. They had dinner with C.J. Stroud. They had dinner with Bryce Young. They had dinner with Will Levis, but they didn't have dinner with Anthony Richardson, Joe. What does that mean? Bridget Condon explained. So there's a lot of speculation that the ownership only went to dinner with three of those guys, the ones that they didn't meet with, Anthony Richardson. Of course, he did have dinner with Frank Reich and some of the other guys. And I just want to add some perspective to that. Remember, the annual meeting happened last week in Arizona, and C.J. Stroud's pro day was in Florida. The only reason why ownership was not at that dinner is because timing, travel. They didn't get in until late Wednesday night, and they weren't that concerned because they're bringing all four of these guys in for top 30 visits in the next week or week and a half. And really, for this organization, they want to make sure that they get it right. But a lot of people believe in that organization that Anthony Richardson blew it out on his pro day, and some even think that he might be the most physically impressive. Of course, a lot more goes into drafting a quarterback than just his physicality. But again, over the next couple weeks, we're really going to see them start to hone in and get this right because they are looking for their franchise quarterback. They're not going to just So that's Bridget Condon on the NFL Network explaining the dinner and whether or not it mattered or was some I, sort of I love the recruitingification of the NFL draft. It's pretty impressive. Because right? the one there are two things that sell on the internet, recruiting and adult entertainment. Mm-hmm. And the the more you could turn things into recruiting, the more things you could sell. A top thirty visit. Yeah. Get the hell out of here yeah. with the top thirty Look, visit. there's there's another conversation for another the day where you know, I'll have I'll have Twitter up during a <laughs> sporting event. Is it an official event. top thirty, or is it an official, an official. top thirty? So I'll, I'll have Twitter up during a sporting event, and what always flabbergasts <laughs> me is that we actually have like live sporting events taking place, and there's the Panthers Twitter that's just regurgitating all this tape, right? Mm. Like, oh, he's got that dog in him. No, yeah, but look at this clip of CJ Stroud. No, but look at this clip of Will Levis, and they're just trying to extrapolate. Anything. There are good clips of Will Levis. You can find them. Look, they made they made Sam Darnold look good in a sizzle reel when they traded for him. You can find a sizzle reel for just about anybody. I could put clips together of this show that might actually get us an award. 